My Get Smart guy's still there. I think everybody who... Chris and Laura, you guys were too young to know of that show, probably. Yeah, and my analogy was, you know, he's kind of a bumbling idiot, but the government gave him everything he needed to be successful with his mission, but he didn't get wisdom. And that's kind of with us, you know, God gives us everything we need, but uh, sometimes we're bumbling idiots. All right, so on your handout... Um, you know, this is the last. This is the last time we're going to be in Proverbs, at least you know with me in this little series. So I'm going to do like a kind of a summary of Proverbs, and then I'm going to do like a two-part, two-part lesson, I guess. Two, two of my favorite things that are remaining in Proverbs, and we'll get, we'll get to those. So the. the I'll get to them, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, all right, so we know Proverbs is one of the five wisdom books. We've covered this many times. Um, and again, the key verse of Proverbs, how wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. So principle is the number one thing that that we should be striving for. With all thy getting, get understanding. So... You know, God is putting wisdom on a pedestal that we need to get this thing of wisdom. So we've we've talked about that. And um, the book of Proverbs it really starts out in the first chapter. This is just kind of a high overview of it. It's written to the simple. This is in verse twenty-two of chapter one. You know, Proverbs is calling out to the simple and to the scorners and to the fools of the world. And he's, he's wanting to give us instructions in this book of Proverbs for the issues of life so we can seek wisdom. Well, what, we, what ends up happening through the book is the simple, which would, would have been me, it's you, it's all of us here, the simple, through the instruction and counsel of God's Word, the simple become wise. And the simple find the path to get the wisdom. And then, but, but the scorners and the fools reject the counsel. They get caught up in the issues of life. And then they become all those evil people that you know, I talked about in the first of the series. There's, there's like 80 types of people in Proverbs. And most of them are bad. And most of them are because of the scorners and the fools in chapter 1 that don't get the counsel to march towards and, and attain the wisdom. So that's, I like the way I, I just kind of put that together. That's Proverbs in a slide, is what that is. Those, those two slides, actually. And then we talked about the pyramid of greatness, uh, you know, from Ron there. You know, data, knowledge, understanding, and then how we gain our wisdom is by studying the Word, getting information, knowing the verses, knowing what He tells us, and by obeying we stay on that path to wisdom. So that's kind of our my summary. So now, the, these are the two lessons I'm going to shove into this morning. My, some of my two favorite things about this book. And the first one is Unmasking Wisdom. We're going to talk about that first. That's this first page. And then the second part is the animal wisdom. Because I love animals. I think all of us love animals. We all have pets. We love the zoo. And, and the, the animals teach us a lot of cool things. So we're going to spend some time there too. So we'll start out with the first part, unmasking wisdom. I'm going to move my podium a tad here. 
this. All right. Unmasking wisdom because and pro, you know the way Proverbs divides out, you know, we've talked about this a few times. Chapters 1 through 7 all start with my son, my children. I mean, that's God wanting to tell us, addressing us why we need the Proverbs, why they're so important to us. Well, then in Proverbs chapters 8 and 9 are, are in-depth discussions about wisdom, what wisdom really is. So that's why I titled this on your handout there, Unmasking Wisdom. At first glance, it's not what it appears, and we're going to kind of unmask it here as we get going. So let me turn over to Proverbs chapter 8. Because as you're reading the Proverbs, you go through chapters 1 through 7, and they all kind of, you know, they all kind of go together. They're what people would call congruent. But then when you get to chapter 8, all of a sudden things are different. We're talking about something a little different now. Um, I'm not going to go through the first page of the handout in depth. We'll just kind of skip through it. But um, let me... We've got to read the whole chapter. I mean, that's, that's a lot of reading. But uh, So let me kind of bust this up. So I'm going to start uh, in verse 1. Chapter 8. Unmasking wisdom. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She stands in the top of high places by the way in the places of the path. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in of the doors. Under you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. Okay, so, so right off... Wisdom, and this is on your handout here. Where's wisdom calling from? It's calling from the high places, uh, by the way, the path, the gates. So, so I'm thinking like high places, like antennas, TV antennas, satellites. The word of God is going out from the high places. It's it's in all the the gates uh, of cities. You know, bus terminals, airports, uh, everywhere a man goes on the paths. It talks about. Uh, entries of the city, the doors. Wisdom is everywhere around us if, if you listen. You know, I heard an analogy one time that, you know, we're all standing right here, but if I had a transistor radio here instead of my head, it would be picking up all these signals. Uh, and that's kind of the way wisdom is. Uh, we can't see, but it's, it's everywhere around us. It's permeating our, our society if people would just stop and tune into it like a radio would. So, so anyway, so wisdom is all around us. It's calling to, to all men. Verse 4, it says, Unto you, O men, I call. Now notice how subtly we went from third person in verses 1, 2, and 3, how she's crying, she's here, she's on the high places, she's crying for, for wisdom to, to men. And then verse 4, Unto you, O men, I call. So from now on, Wisdom herself is speaking to us. So she says, Unto you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom. The fools be of an understanding heart. So going back to that slide I started with, the, the wisdom is crying to the simple, the scorners, and the fools. Here, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my mouth, of my, of, of my lips, shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. 
All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. So, uh, froward, I'll just pause there. Froward is used a lot in Proverbs. It, It means crooked. There's nothing crooked about God's wisdom. They're all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that findeth knowledge. So that's on your handout there. It's calling to all people, and the Word of God, the wisdom offers these nine great things. You know, nine's a fruit-bearing thing, so those are the list of nine things that wisdom provides. Uh, skip down to verse... Well, it's verse 10, 8-10. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. So it's, again, wisdom saying, I am more important than gold and silver. I am the principal thing. Verse 11, For wisdom is better than rubies. All the things that may be desired are not to be compared with wisdom. I mean, this is the thing to get. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find out the knowledge of witty inventions, you know, the the silly things we come up with. Verse 13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth. You know, the crooked mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Verse 17, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. And again, wisdom's not hiding from anybody. She's right here, hollering in our ears, if we'll only stop and listen. Um, Let's see, 18, riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness, my fruit's better than gold than fine gold, my revenue, than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of the judgments, that I might cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. Now here's where it kind of starts getting weird. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. So wisdom goes way back. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. So that's all the things that wisdom has, has done with God. So the verse 32, it kind of goes into the caution of wisdom. So now, therefore... Hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways and hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoso findeth me, wisdom, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. So that's a a very cool chapter. It's kind of different from all the Proverbs. We don't really think of something like that in Proverbs. And that table on your first page of the handout kind of busts out all those things how that wisdom just told us. So one of the things that wisdom said 
Uh, let me see here. Verse 24 was that wisdom was brought forth. So God brought forth wisdom. And that, and what he kind of paints here kind of is, is sounding like some of the Trinity. So, and the Trinity is a mystery. I and mean, when he's talking about bringing things forth, I got thinking about Jesus. That's kind of the language we hear with Jesus. So on the second page of your handout, I've got the little section here that, you know, the, the physical things of this world always give us a picture of spiritual things. And it's the same with the Trinity. So for a second here, let's think about how a man like myself, uh, that, that we have a kid, okay, the father, when a father, human father, generates, has a son, he generates a son from himself. And that's the first line on your handout here. By generating a son, that does not diminish the father. The father is not any less powerful or any less father than before the son was brought forth or begotten. Um, the son shares the father's DNA. They often have the same likes, the same physical characteristics. They look the same. You can see the father in the son. You know, we teach in the Mighty Warriors, and I can see fathers in the sons I see. And the son reveals something about the father. You know, I can learn from the kids about families and then the fathers. And then the very last one there, if you see the son you see the Father. And Jesus said that many times. If you see me, you see the Father. Because he begot Jesus in the same way that he's talking about wisdom was begotten. So, let me get... So that, that brings us to the second... Uh, that The second chart on our handout on page 2 there. Let's look at a quick comparison of wisdom and Jesus. Wisdom was brought forth before creation. We just read that. In John 1, 1 and 2, we all know this verse, how Jesus was in the beginning, way before creation of the earth, just like wisdom was. And you can compare verses that, okay, wisdom was around before God started creation of the earth and the heavens. So was Jesus. The second one there, uh, wisdom was present at creation. It tells us that in verses 8, you know, 8, 27, 28, 9. We just read that he was there when he parted the waters and set the compass on the deep. Um, yeah, let's go there. Side note, that's not really, that's talking about bigger issue. So was Jesus. Jesus was present at the creation. Uh, you know, by him is all things made. We, we know Jesus was there. You know, let us make man in our own image. Jesus was there at creation, as was wisdom. Uh, next one is involved in the act of creation. Wisdom was like the cheerleader. She, she's talking about how she's delighting. She's seeing you know God throw out things and making mountains, making oceans, and, and wisdom is right there cheering it on. And we know that Jesus also did. For by him are all things created in Colossians. And you guys can look all these verses up if you're curious. So wisdom and Christ, you know, on your handout I put that line to, to show that wisdom and Christ both had the same role in eternity past and in creation. So that's interesting. 
Then it goes on, wisdom says, it is life. You know, in verse 35, wisdom says, for whosoever finds me finds life. Well, Jesus said the same thing. Jesus says, I am life. If you find me, you find life. Um, God's word, wisdom is Jesus. Um, this is in 1 Corinthians 1. Did I skip one? I think I did. I may have gotten crazy on my clicker. Oh yeah, it was down here. God's words are wisdom. We know that uh, all through Proverbs and in James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and God will give it to you. God, wisdom is from God. So is Jesus. The word was made flesh. Dwelt among us. Jesus is from God. Uh, God's wisdom is Jesus. Jesus is God's wisdom. So these guys are interchangeable here. So uh, in, in first, this is the same verse in, in 1 Corinthians one thirty. Um, it's hard for me to read upside down. But, uh, yeah, unto him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. So, so Jesus has made wisdom to us. All right. Wait, did I skip one? Yeah, wisdom. Yeah, this is a good point. I, I just I was just pondering here. Wisdom doesn't hide from us. You know, she was very clear in the beginning of chapter eight that she's everywhere. If you will only find it. So and this is one of the verses eight four. Unto you, old man, I call. And then I like this in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. This was our destination dig theme verse. That if we shall seek him, we'll find him. He's not hiding from us. Jesus doesn't hide from anybody. And we know this. I mean, we've been around a while. Wisdom don't either. Wisdom is near. It's right in front of us. Jesus is near. Uh, I just pulled that out of Romans that, that he's close to thee so, and, so wisdom and Jesus don't hide and they're right in front of us all we have to do is ask for it so really we have no excuse going through life making dumb decisions because wisdom is right in front of us and all we have to do is pause and ask the Lord for the wisdom read it in his words seek counsel from our pastors and, and other people to make the right decision so here the description of wisdom matches the description of the sun. So there's still more matching. Wisdom equals Jesus. And that's where I got thinking of this. Clark Kent and Superman are the same person. You know, he's got glasses, so that kind of fools everybody. And you know, he's Superman. So when we're reading chapter 8 in Proverbs, it's like, wait a second. It's like taking off the glasses for a second. This is really talking about Jesus. Jesus is wisdom. So, if Jesus is wisdom, he's concealed in in chapter 8. Now this verse takes on a whole new meaning, and now it makes sense. Wisdom, Jesus is the principal thing. Because if it wasn't Jesus, then we would have a problem with Proverbs telling us that wisdom is the principal thing. Because now you got wisdom saying, I'm the principal thing to get. But in the New Testament, Jesus says, I'm the principal thing to get. And it wouldn't match. You see what I mean? So by putting them together, Jesus is the principal thing. So whenever I really kind of figured this out... As I would read through Proverbs, the word wisdom is in Proverbs like 80, 84 times. Um, you can mentally substitute Jesus, and it just makes total sense. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, Jesus is wisdom, therefore get Jesus. The whole book of Proverbs is all about pointing people 
Yeah, he actually says in verse uh, 1 Corinthians one twenty four, unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of Jesus. They're the same guy. So I think it's really cool. But uh, people don't really put that together sometimes. I didn't. So the book of Proverbs is pointing our simple and our scorners and our fools to Jesus. Everything in Proverbs, everything in our Bible is pointing us to wisdom, to Jesus. So, that's the first section. That was unmasking wisdom. That was the true meaning of chapters 8 and 9 where it's telling us that wisdom is Jesus and we all do need it. It should be the principal thing. So, any questions on that? I think that's a really cool chapter. All right, so let me, uh, I think I get a drink here real quick. This is mine? Yeah. Wow, Sherry, you're awesome. Had it all ready for me. Jim, I kind of marvel and ponder. Uh, you know, lid. And I, I'm with you on this, uh, but it's referred to as a her. Yes. And there's a reason. Because she submitted, she's submissive to the Father. Yeah. All the attributes of God. I got Arthur Pink's book on the attributes of God, and most of the attributes, prudence, you know, holiness, a lot of them are hers. They're females. They do submit to, to God the Father. Wisdom was begotten, just like Jesus was. Well, I even noticed, like, <clears throat> at Noah's Ark, when he sent forth the dove, the dove's a type of the Holy Spirit. It, mm-hmm. It's referred to as a, a girl dove. Oh, a female dove? A female dove. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense. Again, that's submitted to the Lord. Yeah, they all so, submit to God the Father. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. Yeah. Can I show you something? Yes. I was thinking about how with our issues of life, like, we normally want money, more money to fix our problems. Yeah. And that was just a really great reminder and kind of rebuke that wisdom is better than rebuke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <coughs> Wisdom is a principal thing. So, anyway, you guys may have heard that. I, I, I just think it's really cool to go over again that it refocuses the book of Proverbs when you realize wisdom is Jesus, and that is the principal thing. That's why we're supposed to get it. So, alrighty, that's the first part. The second part. I'm doing pretty good on time, so it's good. I was going to say, too, it kind of contrasts that to the strange woman or the, the holy yeah. woman. So yeah. you have wisdom being true and righteous and holy, and mm-hmm. and then you have the foolish or strange where we're not to go and not to seek after. Yeah, exactly. I was going to mention that, and I forgot. But it, and, you know, This is chapter 8 we just talked about. The the wisdom lady, chapter seven is is what Steve's talking about. The lady that's uh, the evil woman, the strange woman that that preys on the simple and the foolish and the scorners and and try to get them to go her path of death. And so yeah, it is a contrast. Chapter seven and eight. <coughs> All right, animals. So animal wisdom. I was trying to think of a really cool like. I just couldn't. The animal wisdom. What we learn from them. And this is in Proverbs 30, and we'll go there in a second. Um, God speaks to us in many ways, and, and we all know this. So just as a quick review, 
Um, you know, Psalms 19 is a verse we often go to that the heavens declare, you know, that speak, they declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiworks. Day into day utter his speech. You know, just the rising and the setting of the sun, the the events of the earth, you know, the solar system, everything that goes on in the world speaks of, of him. It shows his knowledge. Uh, everyone sees the things God does. You know, that's a good verse there in chapter 19. And then Romans one twenty. You know, we've all seen this, how the invisible things of him are from the creation of the world clearly seen. Uh, being understood by the things that are made. We should understand God by the things that he made. You know, we, we know this. Even as eternal God and God power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know, Romans 1 is a good chapter showing that unsaved man and people on the earth are without excuse because they, the things of God can be known by the things he created. You know, the animals, the solar system, the planet. And, you know, it's just beautiful stuff that he's made. And I like this in Job. Job actually is, uh, you know, Steve's teaching Job starts that in a couple weeks probably. Job is just an awesome book. And we've talked about this a few times. I almost still any thunder, but, you know, Job was written way before any of the other books. It was written back during the time of Abraham. And, and Job has a lot of stuff about creation and, and just, it answers and fills in a lot of questions that's, that some of the other writings leave. Well, I like this verse in Job that he's telling us just ask the animals, ask the beasts. They'll teach thee things. We can learn a lot from the animals. Fowls of the air, they shall tell thee. Who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth? You know, in Job 35. Uh, shows us all the wisdom. Everything we need to learn about God, we can learn from the animals. And it's that's pretty neat. So that's where uh, that brings us to, to us to this little chart here on the in your handout. Let me flip over there. In Proverbs 30, there's an interesting little passage. So let's flip over to Proverbs 30. So now that we know we can learn stuff from the animals, let's see what God has to say about it specifically. And I went way too far. Proverbs 30. This is kind of as the book's winding down and he's given lots of little tidbits. Alright. Proverbs 30, verse 24. I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. So, God says, There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. Okay, so these are going to be four wise things that God's telling us. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Okay, there's ants. The conies, now those conies, that's the Hebrew, that's rock badgers. They actually show up a few times in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. They, they were little rock badgers. Uh, I've got a picture of one coming up, but they kind of look like a guinea pig or something. Um, but the conies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses in the rocks. Hence the name. Uh, the locusts have no king, yet they go forth, all of them, by bands. You know, in big swarms. In verse 28, the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palace. 
So those are the four little seemingly insignificant things that God is telling us are exceeding wise. Uh, all of these things, all four of these animals, which I put on your in your chart there in the handout, they're all weak, they're vulnerable to predators, to weather. Um, they... They're, they're not things that you want in your house. You know, they're not things that, that they're all warm and cuddly. Uh, and they're small things. You know, a lot of times we want to learn truths from guys like David in the Bible or Moses or, you know, the big things in the Bible. Uh, so I think it's cool that God is telling us these things are small, admittingly. They're small, they're ordinary, you see them all the time. But they are very wise, and there's a lot to learn from them. So we're going to kind of dissect what we can learn from them. So first, we got the ant. And of course, you know I got a picture of an ant. Oh yeah, I did find this while I was looking for an ant picture. <laughs> this is funny. You know, this is uh, it's a meme about uh, you know God makes the ants. Let there be ants. Well, then the ants run around saying the earth is flat. <laughs> so then God says, Let there be ant eaters. <laughs> I thought that was funny. You know, actually, Shannon, me and Shannon, are, we always go back and forth on the flat, flatter stuff. Uh, it's funny. But anyway, so the ant. It's weak. It's vulnerable. But it knows what time it is. And this is what God tells us. He says, The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. So we all know that ants are notorious for stealing food. You know, you, anytime you see an ant, they're carrying something. You know, watermelon seed. Or they know that it is summer. They're in the summer of their lives, and it's time to get to work and collect food for the winter. Okay, so that's that's the cool thing with the ants. They know what time it is, and the wisdom that we learn from them is that planning our futures, you know, so we think of the ant, they're collecting their, their food for the winter, but so now think of us. How can we relate to the ant? All of us are approaching the winters of our life. And actually, you never know, you have to define what winter is. I mean, winter could be, you know, a car wreck or, or you know, God forbid, like cancer or something like that, a bad medical problem. We all have things that come into our lives Proverb calls it sudden fear that like starless is, oh my, you know, now I have a new situation going on here. We have to prepare for those things as as a, a winter. You know, as we get older, we want to prepare financially for our future, so for our winter. But we also have to prepare for our spiritual winters. Whenever we go through hard times, we need to have a well of, of of knowledge about God and 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 what He can do, you know, readily available, so we can draw from that. Like like the Bible talks about, it's like a well where we can dip out truth when we need it. So the ant preparing for for winter while it is summer is something all of us have to to apply to our spiritual lives. We need to all get as much Bible knowledge and understanding and wisdom as we can while we can. You know, I'm, I'm always telling Sherry that this is, we talk about this. is a conviction of mine, personally, that, you know, I'm 57. I kind of got started late on some of this, living, living godly, living right. I got to redeem the time. I got to catch up. You know, I need to... 
I need to just plug away and prepare for my winter. There will be a day when I can't stand here on my own power and, and teach folks or, or teach the kids. You know, and we and all of us are in that boat. We all need to prepare for the winters of our life and look at the end. That's what he's doing. And he's not just doing it for himself. He's doing it for his family, for his colony. So even if I don't care about myself, I still need to eat right, uh, eat healthy, and, and do what I need to do to take care of Jim so when I get in the, uh, so I can help others, my family. Uh, so the ant wasn't selfish. He's not taking that food back just for himself. He's also taking it back for his colony. And then we should look at that the same way. I need to know the word, and I need to know have spiritual you know, depth for my family so I can help others as well. So there's a lot to learn from the ant. So he knows his time is short, so he's preparing for, for winter. I think I had a wrap-up slide on him maybe. Yeah, he knows what time it is. He knows how to prepare for him and his family for the winters of life. So that's the wisdom we can learn from the end. So next we got the old rock badger, the coney. This is another interesting one. He's also a little guy. Uh, he's very vulnerable to predators. He lives in the rocks around Israel, the, the rock cliffs and things. Um, he can't dig. He's not camouflaged. He can't hide. Whenever predators come after him, the, all he can do is hide in the rock. That's his only defense. So it's like, wow, that's obvious, the parallel to us. I mean, Jesus is our rock. We're all to hide in the, the cleft of the rock. Hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. So the rock badger knows his weakness, that he is powerless against the things that want to get him. So he sticks close to the rock. And if the predator is still chasing him, he can just climb higher on that rock. He can go with more prayer, more reading, more understanding, get closer to the Lord to evade his predators. He knows his vulnerabilities. Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool with him. Um, see if I missed anything on him here. Yeah, I know what I was thinking about the badger. You know, we've got some rock badgers that don't understand their limitations. So they'll kind of wander from the rock. You know, it looks kind of cool over here on the plain. There's got some stuff going on over here. And they're not staying close to the rock, so they're going to get picked off by the eagles and the foxes and the wolves. And then, so it's, there's a lot of analogies you can make with the old rock badger knowing that he needs to stay close to the rock for protection. So anyway, so that's the old rock badger. Next... I think I had a summary on him. Yeah, they know their limitations. And just the way, you know, obviously, the, the parallels are easy on this guy, that we all should know our own limitations. We all have things that trigger us to do things we shouldn't. Um, so, be like the rock badger. Just don't. Don't go in the plane. All right, so next is a locust. On your handout, let me look at the handout. I'm not sure where I put All right, so the locust, if you see a grasshopper, it's a grasshopper in Harrisonville, by themselves, a grasshopper is harmless. Uh, and actually, they're vulnerable. If there's one grasshopper sitting on a leaf somewhere, he's probably going to get picked up by a bird or something. Uh, so their strength really is in the numbers. But when there's a whole swarm, now it's a different story. You know, Now you're, you're afraid of them. A swarm can destroy... An economy, 
in the uh, in the olden times, it would destroy kingdoms. You know, if you're king of a little kingdom and you got this coming through, then you're you're done. Uh, so anyway, so by themselves they're harmless, but in a swarm there's a lot. And I actually ran across there's actually a, a website where you, the Locust Watch, where they track swarms all through Africa and the Middle East, and oh, that was pretty cool. So it's still a problem today. Is a grasshopper a locust? There's a there's a slight difference. You know, I don't. I I've seen some people talking about. No, oh, they're different. But locust, but for us it's a locust. For us, wisdom uh, we can go with grasshopper. Okay. Um, yeah, they're harmless by themselves, but united they're powerful. They and it says they have no king. I lost my page, which I think is interesting. Now we have a king, of course, but the locusts have no king, so no one's really telling them what to do. They're just all knowing what to do from what God told them what to do. They're being obedient to their instincts. They all get along for the mission. I mean, they're not busy fighting. They're all single focused on the task of just wiping out a field. That's that's what they do. Without a community of other locusts, they wouldn't survive because on their own they get picked off. There's no lone ranger locusts. That's true. So the wisdom we can learn from these guys is wisdom and close fellowship. We here in this building this morning are a little swarm of locusts. We have come here for protection, to be fed. You know, we we are here and we're protected with each other. We feel we feel a lot of strength and, and community and, and unity when we're together. And that's some of the wisdom we can learn from these guys is is they know that by themselves they're vulnerable to you know everything. They're getting picked off. But together they can change kingdoms. They can change a lot of things in, in life. So I think that's pretty cool. Strength in numbers. Strength in numbers. Yes, and uh, so the wisdom I put, they accomplish. They, they accomplish more when they're in close fellowship with like-minded believers. They all are on the same page. They're not bickering. Let's eat that corn. Hopefully, it's not Emmett's. Uh, they're going to wipe out a field somewhere, and they all have the same the same mind and body. So that's what we can learn from the locusts: close fellowship. Last, a spider. You know, I had to put Spider-Man up there. Uh, but the spider, it's another small, insignificant creature. No one no one loves spiders. I guess some people do keep spiders, but it's not something you really want in your house. And there's a couple interesting lessons from this, this little sentence. In verse 28, you know, God, it's just very simple. The spider takes hold with her hands and is in the king's palaces. So we all know spiders. You can't get rid of spiders. They are everywhere. You know, if wherever you go in life, you'll find a spider. I've been in, you know, I used to travel for work. I've been in some fancy hotels, Hilton's, five stars, whatever. There will be a spider. They find their way in. And if you, if you, to get rid of every spider in your house, they'll be right back. You can't keep them out. So they're, they're, there's no surprise that they're in the king's palaces. Um, we all deal with them, from the richest to the poorest. And, I, and the way he says, the spider taketh hold with her hands. Um, I don't know if I have a picture. Yeah, they're actually, spiders actually do have tiny hands. that they It's on the ends of their feet. But what I thought was interesting is in the Bible... Anytime you read about someone's feet, 
it's spiritually it's you can apply it to your walk with God. You know, and I always think of Asa who was diseased in his feet. It's usually about your walk with God when dealing with your feet. But dealing with your hands is what we do for God. So like the spider taking hold with her hands, you know, they're making these uh these beautiful webs and they're doing all these things that they can make beautiful patterns in their webs with their hands but the webs are very fragile I mean a small kid can tear them apart so it's nothing like that's going to last necessarily but uh, anyway, that's what they do so the the presence of kings of, of spiders in kings houses has kind of two two ways to look at it for one it's an illustration of God's kingdom, of God's nature, of how He set up salvation and, and, and bringing us into the kingdom. So here you've got this, this spider that no one really wants. It's ugly. It's, it's not cuddly. It's an, it's an ugly little spider that no one really wants. Just like I was ugly... You know, we were all ugly, poor, dirty, rotten sinners before we come to know Christ. But the spider, through its determination, through its faithfulness of doing what it does, can elevate itself to the king's palace. Just like, you know, he's rubbing shoulders by God or by the throne of the king. In the same way, me, as an ugly old spider at one time, and I'm not, now I'm doing my thing, and that someday I'll be elevated by invitation into the king's palace. So I'll be like that spider on the wall. But actually, I'll be, you know, of course, by invitation. So it shows the, the upside-downness of God's kingdom, the way he talks about, you know, like in Paul with... You know the foolish uh, you know, made wise, and and he uses the foolish things of the earth to teach wise things, just like this little spider here. So I think that's cool that that it wound up this little ugly spider wound up in the king's palace by its just raw determination and perseverance, doing what it doing what it does. That's one way of looking at it. Another way would be. Um, well, I'm not, I won't go there. But it, but, but, it, but it was faithful its whole life, the spider is, in, in faithfully doing what it knows to do. And it gets great reward out of it. And that's kind of what I put on your hand out there. That the spiders, being faithful in opposition, will bring a reward. And it's with, the, the thing the spider teaches us is the wisdom of God's grace. You know, I, I'm a nobody in the world's eyes. You know, I mean, other than my family, hopefully, you know, but we are nobodies. We're just ugly old spiders. But we will all be with him in his palace someday. By, by doing our thing. So, um, I think that's cool. That's an interesting thing about spider. Also, a spider, you know, he has to have patience to wait on food, wait for dinner. He does, and, and doing these webs. I mean, look at the opposition of a spider. I mean, they're always, I feel bad tearing their webs down. <laughs> Uh, I really do. But sometimes they build them right across our main walk. But in the fall, we're, we're coming up on the fall, and we're going to start seeing the garden spiders, the big black and yellow guys, yeah. that make these awesome webs. There was one last year on our back door here that 
I never tore it down because it looks so cool. I mean, they go to so much work to do all that. And, uh, so yeah, that's just a real lesson that for us that we're all spiders, but some way we'll be in the palace. And that is really about it. It's a little after ten, so it's kind of a it's early. I think I've never finished early, but that's part of the whole coolness of Proverbs. It is such a cool book. Um, lots of lots of wisdom. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, teaching the scorner, the fool, and the, and the simple, all pointing them to be wise, and he's using all these different techniques. Remember all the imagery we talked about, the vinegar on the teeth, and the smoke in the eyes, and the ring in a snout's nose, and all these cool imagery that God uses, just like these four little animals. On your handout, I didn't, I think I skipped it, but yeah, I, I went through one time when I was reading Proverbs. Every animal I could find in the book of Proverbs, and that's what that page three on your handout is. There's lots of animals, and and a guy could develop a lesson on wisdom about any one of these animals. I chose in chapter 30 because God specifically said, but uh, it's just really cool how he wants to teach us wisdom through all these little animals and how he's given them all the instincts and all that kind of stuff. So, Anyway, any questions on anything? Proverbs or whatever? Okay, we're done really early, but that's the way it kind of worked out. How do you define wisdom, Jim? Wisdom? Well, I think the... Well, wisdom living, I think that's the being... Like I put in the first week, a person that is skillful at living wisely and, and a God-centered, God-honoring life would be a wise person. You know, I think of Brian, Pastor Brian. He's, like you've told me, he's wise beyond his years. That guy has a lot of wisdom about a lot of things. Um, discretion and discernment. Knowing knowing uh, not just the right answer, but knowing when to, to do it. So, discretion, discernment. Anyway, that's all I got. If you want to close out, or we're a little early. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I know uh, early on we uh, we would try to read a proverb every night with our children, and like for example, uh, Jim just has us here. Chapter 30, verse 24 through 28. And, uh, you know, we, we might just kind of leave a blank. We we would say the blank are people not strong. And we try to have our kids dressed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Proverbs 8, 11. I put that in the in the concrete out out in front of the parking lot. I don't know if you, but when we laid the concrete, uh, I think it was on the eighth day of some month. So I put Proverbs 8:11. Oh, that's cool. What does it say, Emmett? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Yeah. So all the things we could desire can't be compared to wisdom. So, anyway, let's uh, pray. I know uh, Pam and Sarah are going to be out here at our recovery walk table. And, uh, Jim, are you teaching this morning? The, yeah. the youth, so you got to get. So, uh, Chris, you're our guest. Why don't you pray us out here today? Would you do that, brother? Yes, you Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this time to uh, meet and uh, read your word. And, Again, the Proverbs, Lord, just to really understand what, what wisdom is, Lord, and, uh, as we see today, that wisdom is really your son, Jesus, that if we seek wisdom, then we are seeking Jesus, and I, I pray that that's all of us in our life, Lord, that we are seeking Jesus Christ, and that we are putting him first, because he does get the feelings, and he should be the principal thing, and so uh, just thank you for uh, the, the lesson that we for today, uh, thank you for the words that you gave to Jim and just him allowing us to teach it and we can apply it to our life for us. So I do pray that uh, we, we do make wisdom a principal thing in our own lives and uh, we, we want to get understanding and uh, we can know how we can live for you, Lord. So we just uh, bless the rest of the day, be with the service, be with Pastor Brian as he preaches, and uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for all you do. We just love you so much. We need your arm for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Jim, Dottie asked for a handout. I'll just give her mine. I know. Oh, you already I have one? Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wanted to make sure she gets one. Yeah. 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 Okay.